we're back. So we've covered quarterback. We've covered a decent amount of the offensive line. But my main man, Trent, definitely wants to get to a little bit more. So we're going to peel back some layers of the onion on some wide receiver and maybe even some running back. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. We're going to bring my buddy Trent back into the fold here because we've covered a lot of stuff from the quarterback room. We've covered a decent amount from the O-line situation. But we haven't had the opportunity to talk a lot about wide receiver or running back. So, Trent... Um, yeah, thanks for, thank you for making some time. I don't want to, I don't want to take up all your day. I know you're a busy individual, but you really wanted to get to some running back. Um, and you know, I was, I haven't done the wide receiver room breakdown stuff yet, but I think it still is a good idea to at least go over the scrimmage, right. From the wide receiver, uh, perspective and what we saw from the scrimmage Nobody really stood out as as in like, oh, crap, there's the next Des Bryant, right? And, and we did see that a year ago with Jaden Bray. Jaden Bray stood out so much in spring that, you know, that was a lot of the conversation. And it wasn't exactly that. What it, what it was more of was everything's well-rounded, right? And, and, and you had some curiosity about uh, some of the, the new people coming into the fold. So before we kind of dive into the scrimmage part of it, in your opinion – what do you think we, we could anticipate at the wide receiver position? And, and who should we really watch out for? Well, I think, you know, even with uh, the guys that OSU lost um, this offseason, you know, we lost some really good talent. You know, Boogie was a huge loss, you know, for a freshman. He had potential to be really good. Hope he, you know, he strives at Houston. And same with um, – Bryson Green, man, he's just that big body dude you could throw the ball up to to go pull it down. I wish him luck, and I hope it all works out for him at Wisconsin. But I think, you know, OSU definitely reloaded at the wide receiver position, and I think we have a lot to be excited for um, this year at wide receiver. I mean, we still have some very, very solid guys, whether they were already on the roster or guys coming in. But I think, you know, a guy that's going to – to uh, obviously, you know, Jaden Bray, he's he right. rough right. year last year. He was hurt uh, the majority of the season, so he never hit the potential that we wanted to see out of him. But I think that Jazon Stribling, uh, dude, that's out of Washington State, obviously Oklahoma State has had good luck with Washington State wide right. receivers in the past. So yes. I'm really looking forward to that guy. I think he's going to Well, and, and you know, you, you referenced like Tay Martin, right? We got Tay yeah. Martin from yeah. – from Washington State came to O State, and his first year, the getting in shape in Stowe, Oklahoma, and getting in shape in Washington are clearly two entirely different things. things. Yep. So it yep. took him a whole year to even physically be ready for the the Big Twelve game. It just it was what it was. Dijon yeah. Stribling does not come in with that problem. Dijon Stribling came in 
100% ready to rock and roll for the most part, right? A little bit of body by glass. He was able to put on, you know, five, seven pounds range in, in a very short amount of time and also maintain the speed. You did mention Jaden Bray. We do all think that he is that next potential Tylen Wallace, Justin Blackman, James Washington type of mold, right? And you're right. Yeah, last year he was plagued by the same injury twice. He, he, he broke the same exact spot two times. Well, and you know, you know, like even with Jaden Bray, I mean, you look at like the Z position. We got, we still have Blaine Green, we have Taylor Shetron, and we still have Rashad Owens. Like Rashad Owens is a dude that I can't figure out about because he has the potential to be so good, but I don't know if he just doesn't get the reps or what. What it's it drops. Yeah, it drops. I I think of him every time I think of Rashad Owens. I think of two years ago when we made it to the Fiesta Bowl, when we played Baylor at home, um, Spencer Sanders threw that bomb to him in the end zone. He had that phenomenal catch, great catch. So I, you know, I, he's a, but big he also, he me. also, he also dropped a five yard stop route in the same game. Yeah. And, and I get it. And I mean, like I said, he's just a big body dude. So I'm curious. There's, you know, a couple guys, even Brennan Presley after his sophomore year, he had, looked so good and last year man he just had some he didn't play very well I feel like we didn't he had especially in that Kansas State game he had that catch where he caught the ball and you know he fought for extra yardages and just tried to be you know just try to dance with the ball and ended up fumbling the ball I'm like bro and that was when that that was a huge momentum swing because I think at that point they're already up on us was it 14 to nothing or 21 to nothing so we were just trying to you know what I mean yeah, I'm talking yeah. about, and so like I just feel like Brennan Presley didn't have a great year last year, so I think there's all of our wide receivers have something to prove, and like I said, the the uh, Iowa transfer uh, Bruce coming Bruce. in, like, I'm yeah. curious to see what he can do, uh, just because Arlen Bruce, just because you know Iowa, they're obviously not known for their offense, so he's like a big question mark, but I know you got some information on him. Yeah. So. I think all of them, man, it's going to be fun to see what our wide receivers can do this year. And I think we have the potential to be really good at the wide, re- wide receiver position. And that's obviously one thing I'll, I'll give Casey Dunn credit for. He's a phenomenal wide receivers coach. But the question is, with him being the OC, how much is he actually coaching the wide receivers? You know what I mean? So, Well, with Gundy getting back into the offensive uh, game planning role, you would assume, by default at least, uh, that he would be able to focus much more on the wide receiver position. We don't know, but I definitely agree with you. We're not devoid of talent. And the thing that I, I think doesn't get talked about enough is with this new style of offense, we're not going to be chunking it up 75 times a game. It's just not going to be that way. It's going to be more strategic, which means these players are going to have to make the most of the opportunities, which is why somebody like a Jaden Bray is going to be important because jump balls are a necessity. Winning jump balls it's just it's a must, especially in the Big Twelve, especially when you're facing three three five defenses, right? And you know we have that in Bray. It looks like we might have that in just on stribbling. Um, now I think if if somebody you could say did impress the most was probably Leon Johnson the third. And again, it, it's so funny. I I really hope that he does produce because that poor guy has been blasted by. People saying, oh, look at us, tip 
towing through the tulips to get somebody from a Division three George Fox University. Nobody even knew George Fox had a, it was a university. Yeah, okay, all true. But again, a San Diego Chargers scout told him, bro, you're screwing yourself. You're D1. You need to go D1. So that's what he did. And we're talking about the jump ball guy, right? He was that guy in the scrimmage. He's the one who showed up, and he caught the, the high-point balls. He even caught a high point for a touchdown. Now, you mentioned Arlen, Arlen Bruce. He had a touchdown as well. And you also mentioned BP, which I think is, is, is crucial in the conversation because they appear to be in the same mold. Brandon Presley and Arlen Bruce appear to be in, in the same type of breadth of a wide receiver. And you are right. Brandon Presley did not have a great year. But I don't think it was on BP. I think that was on the coaching. Okay, so go back and, and look at, like, the Whedon-type deal, right? What was Whedon's objective? And we know this because they had a stopwatch in practice and they would have, like, little competitions. The objective was to get the ball out of, the, out of his hands in under 2.4 seconds. So you're, you're Josh Cooper's. You're Josh Stewart's, you're David Glidden's of the world from then, right? We always, Josh Cooper, even we, those guys always looked very, very good because we utilized them, right? And I think missing out on tight end may have had a hand in why we didn't use our slot receiver position effectively. But dude, how often did we ever get BP in the middle of the field? True. It didn't. Like, if you go back and look at film, that was so frustrating about Brendan Presley and even John Paul Richardson. Right, you have guys that are are cut in the mold of settling down in his own defense and finding the holes, right? Finding the soft spots. And we didn't we didn't utilize it offensively in game planning. Why? I don't flip it. No, it never made sense to me. It's like, why would you get these guys in the Josh Cooper mold and not use them like you used the Josh Cooper? It made no sense to me. So hopefully with the development of the tight end, the simplification of, of the offense going back to more of a running style, maybe this is what we need to get more of those intermediate routes opened up for your BPs, for your all-in Bruce's, for your Rashad Owens's of the world. Because again, we're not devoid of talent and we're not going to be reliant on wide receiver as much as we have been in recent memory. Well, when you bring up those old heads, man, it makes me sad because that, you know, that's some good times in Stillwater, uh, 2011, 12, 13s, you know, we had, some phenomenal slot receivers and we just had some great receivers all around. And, you know, that's when we were, you know, considered the best offense in the country. You and know? dude, Josh Stewart, right. A good weapon for JW Walsh. That dude ran maybe a four, six, like, you know what I mean? I'm being slightly, slightly uh, beneficial to, to his time there. He and be, we were able to throw him open. Right. Instead of relying on him to shimmy, shake, and wiggle his way free like a BP does, we got him in spaces where he could utilize, you know, his lack of speed. But that's not the problem here. We know BP is faster than all that going to get out. So, again, yeah, if we can find a way to utilize the wide receiver room like we used to and have the running backs tote the rock a decent amount, I, yeah, man, I, I offensively, I, I think we're fine. And, you know, that almost hurts my heart to some degree to say, because I do think there's some things within Oklahoma State University that we can fix. I think there's some things that we can improve upon. This is something that we're waiting to see from Gundy. But I legitimately believe we're going to have enough talent to win six, seven games without a single coach on the sideline. Not a one of them. Man, I, I hope so. You know, we have the talent to do it. But like I said, it all comes down to the coaching. Even with the the 
players that left. You know, we were in a Twitter space the other day with Texas fans, and they're like, man, you guys lost a mass exodus of players. I'm like, it really it really wasn't that bad. Like, the no. players who left, like, yeah, a few of them were key players, but, like, OSU is going to be fine. We will yeah. reload, but it all comes down to the coaching because, like I said, there's been plenty of times where we were the better team in the past, and we lost the game because of the coaching. Mm-hmm. We have yeah, the athletes, you know, we got the guys that can come in and produce and give us what we need out of them. But it really all comes down to the coaching and the position we put the players in to succeed. Like you said, for example, like I felt like we underutilized John Paul Richardson last year, just doing a quick slant up the middle because I feel like it was automatic every time that we did it and he could get a solid 10 plus yards every single. The dude does not drop passes. I think we saw him, we saw him drop maybe two ever. And the problem with it is, is I felt like we only did that just for example, John Paul Richardson. Like we only did those quick slants up the middle and like, whenever the game was on the line and Emergency. so like, yeah and it's just like come on man like there's it, we i don't know we it seems like we always try to shy away from what's working for us and make things complicated like the west virginia game let ollie gordon running down the field for 60 some odd yards and then we just start throwing it when we get in the red zone like what what, what yeah. are we doing and, and so like you know we, i know we haven't gotten into running backs and i, I know we were, we're limited on time so you know I don't know how much you're wanting to talk about the running back, but in my honest opinion, I think this running back room that we have is very, very, very talented. And I think they're deep. Um, So, you know, I think if we can just get that run game going and that has to do with the O-line too, it's not just on the running back. A lot of it's on the O-line, but if we can get that running game going consistently, you know, getting four or five yards, a touch, you know, like on average, I think, you know, the the slot receivers, that all that stuff will all come easy, man. But like right. I said, last year, our problem was we couldn't run the ball. So people knew we were going to throw the ball. So Correct. and the go-to usually whenever you're throwing the ball is the slot because it's quick, a quick pass that can get you five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, whatever, however many yards that you need. And so like we were forced to throw the long ball in our, you know, like Garrett Rangel, Gunnar Gundy, they weren't prepared for that. Well, we weren't. That's the thing, bro. It's like we weren't necessarily forced to. It was it was a, a calculated decision. But you're right. Instead of running underneath slant routes, stops, pivots, you look at film, just go to the Wisconsin game alone. There is not a time in the game where BP runs an, uh, an underneath three to five yard route. Everything is these flipping, you know, 10 yard outs and these 16 yard post flags. Like, what are we, what are we doing? If we know our O-line struggles and we know we've got young, a very young QB that's still trying to figure it out. That doesn't have enough weight to get hit all the daggone time. Why are we making our slot receivers run 25 yards down the flipping field? Like I just, yeah. we, I don't understand it. I didn't. I'm with you 100%, Cody. I I didn't understand. But our offense last year without Spencer Sanders was just so. Even with him at times, it was just man. Just it felt like nobody knew what they were doing out there, and that's disappointing because over the years we have just our offense has just declined. And really, I feel like a lot of that has to do with the O line. 
If we could figure out our O-line, we could get back. We, you know, like, let me ask you an honest question. Do you not think that Gundy wants to be at that, like, in that position that he was in, you know, 2010s, 2011s, where we ran a super quick offense and we were consistent with it? We could drive down the field in 30, 45 seconds and score a touchdown. Like, it was absurd how good our offense was. Everything just clicked. And that was because we had a solid O line to back Brandon Whedon. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yep. I I try not to put everything on a certain position, but like I said, man, a lot of the offensive flaws that we had has to do with the O line not being able to block. Right. And, and and it is important. It is it is very, very important. And I think we have that, man. I really do. Okay, so you're right. Um, we covered a little bit of the, the wide receiver position. Now, running back, we can be super quick, right? Um, it clearly appears to be Ollie's position to lose, and I think we all knew that coming into the season. Elijah Collins is definitely, definitely going to be somebody to pay attention to. Uh, DeAndre Jackson, I think, is, um, I don't know, unfortunately, maybe if, if even been relegated to that power-only right, goal-line type of role, um, and, but then we're going to talk about the spring game. So if we're talking about the spring game, we've also got to talk about Jaden Nixon. Uh, but before we do, bro, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta swing in the sponsor here, guys. So Built Bar has been the bee's knees for me the entire time I've been here. Matter of fact, before I even accepted the job, uh, I was already listening to some of the locked on people. And the way they talk about Bilt Bar, like I, I couldn't wait to get my hands on it. Thankfully, we got it to a, a level where we, you know, it could even be at your, your Walmarts or your pharmacies. Bilt Bar March Madness is in full effect, right? And, and now that we're narrowing down, we've got to the Elite Eight. It doesn't matter what your bracket looks like. Do yourself a favor. Have some fun. Uh, go to BiltMarchMadness.com to vote for all of your favorite teams. Now, I was, uh, I was going big on ORU. Didn't quite work out, but I did save myself because I went Big 12 heavy on the Elite Eight and Final Four. So I'm still in the running for this daggone thing, y'all. So as it, it keeps moving, keep the Big 12 teams going because really it's the best conference in America by a country mile. So if you want to be voting and supporting the same people, support your, your best bar and your best puff as well. And when you do vote for your favorite bar or puff from Built, You'll be entered into a drawing. 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built Bars. Again, guys, this is the protein bar that actually legitimately tastes like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate. Not only that, but a one Locked On fan will get a 12-month subscription for Built Bar to have the best Built Bars or Built Puffs delivered smoothly straight to your door. You got to try Built Bar. Look, I'm, I'm telling y'all, most of these protein bars taste like flipping cardboard. We finally have one that does not. It's the best ever. And what makes them so amazing is they're still good for you. Doesn't taste like it, but it feels like it. So get your bar, get your puff, go to Walmart, and tell them that you need this in the pharmacy section, and they'll get you hooked up. Or go to the Sam's Club. They can, they can get you hooked up in bulk there. Again, high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar, your favorite puff, in conjunction with the teams that we got going. You can vote every day in March 
So hop in now to support your pick. All right, my dude. Jaden Nixon really was the most consistent of the scrimmage, right? He didn't go backwards. He didn't shuffle side to side too much. He wasn't looking to get east and west. He was looking to get north and south. But he has the shimmy. He has the shake. And even though he's still, right, this is a few years in the program, so he's been able to put on, what, 10, 12 pounds already and maintain that 10-1 that speed, right? He's a 100-meter guy. And if you're going to remain that 10-1 speed, he's always going to be that lightning package, which is what we need. Elijah Collins has a little bit of that, but Elijah Collins excelled and rushed for 988 yards at Michigan State, which is all what, right? Three yards cloud of dust. You're fighting in a phone booth. So he's ready for it. He's prepared for it. He's over 200 pounds as well. And then Ollie Gordon. Ollie Gordon's the dude that everybody was trying to dump a bag of cash on to get him to leave Stillwater. He didn't do it. We know how good he can be. Out of everybody we talked about, DeAndre Jackson is the bowling ball possibly, right? What is Elijah Collins and what is Jaden Nixon? in your opinion, and how do they coincide with what Ollie Gordon can do? So I think, you know, Ollie Gordon, Elijah Collins, and DeAndre Jackson are going to be like the power backs, obviously. So they're, those are the dudes that have, you know, 220 plus, like that are going to, I guess Ollie's a little under 220. They got them listed at 211. But those are the guys we obviously know, like Ollie's going to be the starter. But those are yeah. going to be your power dudes, like goal line dudes, like, I would like to see Oklahoma State utilize Jaden Nixon a little more this year just because, like, last year I felt like we underutilized him. Like, when we got him in open field, he could just take off. Like I said, his parents were track stars yep. at Oklahoma State. You know, like, he – I want to see more usage out of him because I feel like in the long-distance downs, like, we could really use him, whether it be screen or, you know, what whatever we draw up for him a little zip slam, you know, whatever. Right. Like he, I want to see more usage out of him, but I think it's going to be interesting. Cause like I stated, you know, I think this running back class is very, or our room is very deep in general and we have options of what kind of back we want. I think they all bring something a little different to the table. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, I know OSU has, you know, they, they've gone, you, they've used many in the past, used many different running backs. They've gone past the second string running back. They've even gotten into the third string, giving them yes. reps. So it's going to be interesting how to see like what happens in spring practice and see what the, the depth charts looking like. But I think as of now, like you said, it's going to be like, you know, Ollie Gordon and Elijah Collins are going to be the, the two go-to guys. But like right. I said, I really hope Jaden, Mixon gets plenty of reps to get in there. DeAndre Jackson's still kind of up in the air with me. I can't figure that guy out. Yeah, bro. And, you know, I was actually – so I, when I did the running back show the other day, I was looking at his his high school film. Um, and, dude, man, he was – he had offers from Auburn and Bama and Georgia and Florida and A&M. Everybody wanted that dude. It just – I don't know. I mean, it hasn't exactly worked out for him. And he kind of got shafted last year. Remember, he was physically ready to go. But the Texas A&M and the NCAA played a bunch of loosey-goosey bull crap and kept saying, ah, we'll, we'll fix it next week. Ah, we'll fix it next week. So the poor dude didn't even get to get in a game until halfway into the season. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, I, he is hard to figure out because it does appear as though he's being relegated to that power back. But the only, like, lightning package with C.J. Brown gone, the only lightning package is 
Jaden. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought Jaden should have been starting last year. I was never, ever, I love Dom. Uh, like I was the one that was putting out the Dom Dozer t-shirt stuff. Right. I love the dude, but he was not the guy. He cannot see open green grass for whatever reason. I don't know if it's a vision problem, you know, like he, he was a great dude and he was a great ambassador for Oklahoma State University and he's an Okie. So you want to see him successful. But, but dude, even last year, Jaden Nixon doesn't go backwards like ever. No. Like Dom, Dom was a, a bruising type of dude, but he was one to two yards at a time. He didn't ever, never rush for over 15 yards all day year. Well, I feel like Dominic Richardson was the starter just because he had the most experience. Like I said, it goes into Gundy not trusting the younger guys. And like I said, we saw it. Like, you know, Ali obviously got in the game. Um, he just – he had. I remember that fumble against Baylor that he had, and, you know, Gundy that benched him, him for a while. It cost him some games, yeah. Yep, didn't let him come back and play. And so, like, no disrespect to Dominic, Dominic Richardson. Like I said, I think, well, like you sure. said, he's a great guy. Like, you know, he's an Okie. You want to see him do well. But I don't right. think he was, like, the fit at running back that Oklahoma State is used to. We're trying um, to run zone blocking scheme with a guy who wants to punch you in the mouth. And like you said, there was plenty of times last year. I wouldn't say plenty of times, but there was times last year where the O-line would somehow find a way to open up a gap. Form and he would just miss it completely. He'd run into them. He'd run into their back. Yes. Yep. So I wish him the best of luck at TCU. I think it's going to be uh, Baylor. Baylor. Sorry. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah, yeah. Baylor, Baylor. Yeah. My fault. Baylor. TCU's uh, Jake, John Paul Richardson. So you're not. Yeah. yeah and they yeah, got you're that. Good. You're good. They got that Bama running back too. Yes. Uh, TCU. But yeah. So I wish him the best of luck at Baylor, man. I hope it works out for him. But, you know, like I said, I don't think that, you know, regardless, I think OSU was just in a unique uh, yeah. position last year with the running back room. So that's Bro, why he was the starter. But I know you like betting. I do. I love I, it. And, and, and I know, um, you know, because you're just you're that you're, you're that good into the game. I know you've got FanDuel because you, you have to. If not, these are fighting words. And, and we're about to jump on a flight to throw hands. But uh what you don't see in FanDuel is can you pick, right, for Oklahoma State to rush for over 2,500 yards? Unfortunately, that's not an option. So I need you to help me pull some strings. Find somebody to take that bet for me, please. That Oklahoma I'll State this season rushes for, like, all backs combined rush for over 2,500 yards? 100%. I got a boy. I mean, you can, you know, obviously Oklahoma right now, you can't do sports betting like that. Right. So – I know That's you're weird. up there in Colorado. They actually just passed it like a few days ago, just passed a bill for sports betting in Oklahoma. So that's all about to change. But yeah, like that's, they won't, uh, you can't do that up there in Colorado. There's no like bet that you can place on there allowing you to put that bet on Oklahoma State's running back. Not specifically, no. Not hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely but, look into that for you. I, I mean, I know there's people that's like that will say, oh, "I'll take that bet." Did you not watch us play last year? No, yeah, no, I got totally, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll we'll get someone that comes on the Twitter space, yes, um, bro. Yes. You know, whether it be a Texas fan or whoever, someone dude. We've had we've had Texas fans, Miami fans, Florida State fans, Texas A and M fans, South Florida fans, Central Florida fans, Utah fans. These spaces, man. They can get fun. And we've had, we've had, were you in that, you were in that space that got up to like 450, 500? You were in oh, that yeah. one too, right? We've got plenty of good ones. And guys, for none, like some of y'all that haven't, you know, 
been in a Twitter space, you're not super familiar with them, definitely check them out. If you're a big sport nut like Cody and I am, like, you know, it's cool to chop it up with any fan base, you know, some yes. of them, you know, it doesn't matter. Just talking sports in general, you know, if you got a passion for it, go in and listen to them. Like I have people I know that I messaged myself, Cody, that, you know, they've come, they DM'd us saying like, Hey, we love your guys' spaces. You know, you got, you yeah, guys, J- Jason, Jason, Jason's really good too. Yep. Shout out to Jason. You know, that, you know, people love to listen to it. And I'm to be honest with you, it's a different perspective than like what you're going to hear on, you know, the radio, like the sports urinal and all that. Like, you yep. know, we give honesty. It's not <laughs> Yeah, the sports. That's what we call it here in Oklahoma. The that's sports great. Urinal, those guys are bimbos. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just cool. Definitely check it out. If you can follow Cody, cool. you know, his Twitter handles posted down low. I'm Trent Snitz. We, we run Twitter spaces quite often. Um, at Trent Snitz. At Trent Snitz, you know, and we, we chop it up with all different fan bases. Super fun. It's really cool. And I think Jason's is uh, at Jason fifty three dad. I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm ninety percent sure that's it. Did he? Uh, did he? It's all right, man. I might be wrong. I've been wrong once before back in ninety seven. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll did see. you give him a shout out whenever he came on your show uh, for Twitter? Like, hey, follow Jason at so and so, or did he promote his Twitter handle on that? No, neither of us really? did. Neither really? of us did. Yeah, that was, and that's that. Hey, that's on me. That's a that's the failure of the host, which is probably this was. Why I wanted to squeeze it in here. Yeah, we do. We did a whole show, um, and it's tracked. It's tracked very well, right? The numbers numbers did pretty daggone good uh, on YouTube, and uh, yeah, we didn't plug his Twitter not one daggone time. Dang, you have to have him back on the show sometime. I know, bro. I know. Well, <laughs> so I actually I'm glad you said that because I was going to recommend one of the things that I want to do a little bit later on is um, maybe around fall. Okay, I'm going to have like Kai Staley or Tatum Bell come back on the program and we'll do another uh, deep dive breakdown of the running backs. But I want to do a three way um, with you and Jason about about how fall camp's going as well. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I mean, for sure. Obviously, we'll stay connected up until then. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll definitely uh, get some more ideas out there. And, you know, I'll gladly come on the show anytime you'd like me to or have anything you want to discuss. Well, bro, you know good and daggone well we're going to have to do it again because uh, we're we're both big-time baseball nuts. Um, And on those Twitter spaces, right, we, we drive a lot of the baseball with our homie Shannon, our buddy David Shaw. And we didn't even have a chance to get to that today. So, so now here it is, man. Now we're going to have to do a Twitter space. So for every, I'm going to put this out, right? We're, we're going to send this stuff out. We're going to do a, we'll do a Twitter space this evening just because we didn't get to cover everything that we wanted to cover today, but we did cover the nuts and bolts of what O state fans are looking for, right? Everybody wants to know what's happening to quarterback. Everybody wants to know what's happening to running back wide receivers. I'm still going to do a, a video based breakdown, but it was really good to kind of get some of the scrimmage information out there for people to know that we are going to be fine. We've got two Brennan Presleys. One just happens to be from Iowa now. And we've got some go-get-it receivers, right? Leon Johnson, the third. He's going to be a high-point red zone type of guy. Jaden Bray should fit in that Justin Blackman, Des Bryant, James Washington type of role for us. And then, as you mentioned earlier, that's not even considering the Z position, where we still have Shetron. We still could potentially have, have Owens. Deshaun Stribling is obviously going to be a factor there as well. Yeah, man, we, we're not as loaded depth-wise as we were last year at wide receiver. But I think with what we have mixed in with the tight end position, 
it's going to be beyond sufficient. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be, like I said, the, the, the team overall is going to be a question mark this year where there's a lot of questions um, going into it. But, I mean, you could say that about the Big 12 in general. A lot of teams, even with the four new teams coming in, right. uh, even OU, Texas, you know, there's uh, everyone lost key pieces to the portal or, you know, players yeah, to right, draft. Yeah. And so it's going to be an interesting year. And we didn't really get to get into that, but we can do it another time, obviously. Uh, Twitter space. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and that's the thing, uh, everybody. Well, I do the show, and and I'll do my 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 seven on seven coverage stuff as well. And then we'll still chop it up about O State or Big Twelve football, basketball, whatever for hours. So it, again, if you're somebody that's looking for content, we put a lot out on a daily basis, whether it be through this show or or, or the Twitter Spaces. So. Dude, Trent, thank you very much for coming on, brother. I, I, I do greatly appreciate your time. Let the fine people out there know how they can get a hold of you, how they can contact you, how they can follow you, and what you got going on, Bubba. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me. It's always fun. Like I said, I uh, appreciate being on and getting to chop it up with you a little bit. Guys, you can obviously reach out to me on Twitter. It's at Trent Snitz. That's my handle. That's the best way to get a hold of me. If you have any questions sports-wise, you can always DM me. I say Cody's plugged in, Jason's plugged in. There's a lot of good Oklahoma State accounts to follow on Twitter. You just kind of got to get on and join some of those spaces and hear some dudes out here if you like what they have to say. My guy. All yes, right, man. Um, all right, so I will ask you one more thing. Shoot. Who of the four new teams do you think is the most immediate threat to contend for the title, and who do you think is the most long-term threat to contend for titles? I think immediate, probably BYU. Um, you know, they just because they're used to playing last year, they probably had one of the hardest schedules in the yes. country. They're they play used- they play a power five schedule almost every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the team that has the most to prove coming in would probably be UCF, just because you know they've been pumping their chest for years about you know wanting to <laughs> to to get that national recognition of being a, a solid college football mm-hmm. program and so i think you know we've talked about it in some spaces but i think in due time with them moving up they're making more money now obviously in florida state miami like i think that they can with the Dude, they're making they're going to be yeah making significantly more yeah now, in a couple of years it'll be double what miami and florida state are making i think they have they have the potential in a few years to recruit really well and be okay. you know like i said with their move i think that's going to impact UCF in a great way. Um, I, so I agree. We'll see what goes on there. But, yeah, I think BYU for sure uh, this year. If Cincy keeps a hold of Fickle, probably a different story. Would, yep, would I was agree? very excited. Very excited for Fickle to uh, – or for Cincy to come in because yeah. of Fickle. But uh, when he left for Wisconsin, man, that was a, definitely a buzzkill. Well, and when as it comes to Houston, man, it's just it's it's always going to be about the two deep. That's going to be the same the same conversation about UCF is is two deep, Cincinnati two deep, BYU might be the most prepared two deep wise, which is why I completely I completely agree with you. You know, I I will say this, um, maybe 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 I'm I'm looking at it through I don't know, not proper lenses, but I do feel that. Stephon Johnson Jr. is going to break records at Houston, and he's going to be a problem for not only us, but the entire Big 12. Yeah, and, uh, and they've also got Donovan Smith from Texas Tech at QB. So 
they're they're again, is there too deep anywhere near it needs to be? No. But their starters, their starters are gonna give people some fits. Yeah, they definitely had some dues the day that uh Boogie committed to Houston. They had like four or five other dudes come yeah. in and they were all dogs. Like I think Houston has potential to be good. Um, right. I think like I said, it may take a year or two, but it's just man, it's exciting. It's a definitely an exciting time for the Big Twelve because, like I said, there's yes. so many, there's so many question marks. Um, so we'll see. But real quick before we hop off here, if you had to do a way too early, who do you think is going to be in the Big Twelve championship? Who do you got? Two teams. Uh, K State for sure. Oh, K State and man, that's a good one. I really don't want to say Texas. Like, I I, I, I don't. Um, I, it should be illegal to say Texas. So I won't. I won't say Texas. Um, you know what? I will, I will go ahead and say K-State. Dang, nah, man. This is hard. This is a hard one. I mean, I think, obviously, I think K-State's going to win it. But uh, I think Texas Tech's going to surprise some people. Tech's Tech's gonna be good. BYU, dude, they've got Hall back and, and they've returned quite a bit of guys. They're they're a senior laden type of team. Uh, I think Iowa State's not not there yet. Since he's not there yet, I don't. I mean, I don't think I don't think we're there yet, right yeah. now. All right, yeah. so you know what, man? I'll just say, damn it, I'll say K State Texas. I'll say it. Um, exactly spot on with you. I think as of right now, it's K State, Texas. And I didn't want to admit that on any of those Texas, <laughs> you know, I think this is the year that Texas needs to has the best opportunity to make it to the championship, whether they win it or not. But yeah, as of right now, um, K State, Texas, I think K State wins it. And if you notice, like I was really trying to talk myself out of it, I know. I, I, yeah, think, TCU's, I think TCU's going to be a major, major, major player. I really do. I just think the Big 12 is even better this year than it was last year. Oh, so sure. running the gauntlet's going to be more difficult. Yeah, it's going to be a special season just with, you know, this being OU in Texas last year. I'm glad that they could at least get one year with the new the new teams that are coming in. So it's going to be a super fun year, man. I'm really excited. I think there's, you know, it could be like last year where a lot of the teams just beat up on each other, you know, so – Bro, we'll if we lose to OU in football, their last year in the Big 12, I might get a, a, a tattoo um, of, of something, I don't know, across my forehead that says, please punch me in the face every time we go to Norman. Like, Hey, if we crazy. lose to OU again, I'm sure Jason will get a tattoo with Mike Gundy's face saying Gundy's my savior. You know what I mean? Like, Straight up. Straight That's great. Up. That's great. I love it. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. See, and 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 yeah, dude, we have we have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun in the Twitter spaces. And it's not as dude, a lot of these spaces, it's crazy, and they're everybody's screaming at each other, and you can't you can't hear anything. We don't conduct them that way. Everybody talks, everybody gets a chance, everybody says their piece. You know what I mean? And it, it makes it it makes it fun. So for some people that have heard and seen some of those wild, crazy 19 people screaming at each other's spaces, it ain't quite that. Calm down. Come by for a good time. Until then, that's all I got for this one, brother man. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And until tomorrow, we'll do this again.
Later, y'all. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.